very the Lord does, yeah, God does, doesn't he? Um, I want you to listen to this verse, I believe it's on the next slide, I think. All right, 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy 4, 7 through 8, kids. This is Paul, and I think he's kind of trying to say, hey, farewell, I'm going to pass the baton on to you, Timothy. I think I'm done. I'm looking forward to that time when I'm with the Lord. It's probably curtains for me. It's the end for me. But he says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. In the future there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but, to, but also to all who have loved his appearing. And so loving his appearing, that is that we know Jesus has come, but he's coming again, and we can be excited about that, right? So who holds our future? So and in the meantime, the song that we sang just a little bit ago is, you know, Jesus said on the Sermon on the Mount not to worry about tomorrow. God takes care of even the smallest things. He, he clothes the flowers of the field even to be be- more beautiful than Solomon in all his glory. And if he feeds the birds of the air, you don't have to worry. He holds each day in his hands. You are in his hands. But we also have this wonderful future someday. And so in this verse, it says, listen up, kids. Ready? It says, to all who have loved his appearing. What are we to love? God and Jesus. And so he said again, to all who have loved his appearing. What else should we love? His appearing, right? Okay, well, we're getting to where I I want us to be here for our our children's message and for the message today. But today we're to look at at how the time is near. In the message today, kids, we're going to talk about how the time is near. And in the King James, in Revelation 1, verse 3 at the end, it says, for the time is at hand. Did you catch that? The time is at hand. Everybody hold up your hand. What do you think it means when it says the time is at hand? They know? No? His, what? The time is in God's hand, but what does it mean if the time is at hand? It's kind of a colorful word. Okay. Hope? Did I get the right one? Okay. Yeah, something's going to happen. Something soon. So what's in my hand? A leaf blower. Now, I'm a little far away from it. So when I think about at hand... I mean, it's within reach. Is it within reach for me right now? Not right now. now. How about now? A little closer. Yeah, it's at hand, so it's near, right? So I think about it being near. What else is near? The battery. The battery, yeah. So, you know, let's, let's illustrate this in a different way. All right. So, 
Am I very close? No. No, okay. Tell me if you can feel this. No. You didn't feel anything? It was a little slow. Okay, so let me take a couple steps. Can you feel it now? I know you can feel it. I saw your hair moving. So at hand also means close. What about if I get a little closer? Huh? Can you feel that? Yeah. Yeah, all right. Some of them are a little excited. I better quit. We're going to get them wound up. But, yeah, so when it's close, it's like, man, I can feel it's near, right? So at hand, I want you to understand, it's near, it's close, you can sense it, you can feel it, right? Could you feel that? I'm having too much fun. All right. I should do this to your mom see what happens. I'll get beat up. All right. No, I'm not going to do it. All right. So... (laughs) Um, so it was near, and you guys could feel it when it was near, right? Yeah. So today in the message, we're going to talk about that appearing, when God, God's appearing is closer, right? And so who holds our future? God. He will dictate what takes place in the future. And there's something he talks about that's going to happen someday, and I think it's something we can be excited about. Some of you made it, how many of you liked it with the wind in your face? Anybody? You did or you didn't? Everybody that did, okay. So this is something we can be excited about. Some of you, yeah, that's awesome, right? But anyway, the time is near, and it's been near for a long time. Does that make sense? But we can be excited. And so when I go through this message today, I want you to think about, well, the Word of God is exciting, and Jesus, it's all in His hands, And I have things to look forward to. Okay? Mainly, remember, God is in control. Let's pray. Lord, I ask that you would guide these kids to always have the perspective that you're in control, that you um, are the one that that, um, will watch over and guide and bless them. Help them to trust in you every day and to follow you. And we ask your blessing upon them. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, kids, you can go sit down. All right. I'm having too much fun today. Uh, We are going to turn to the book of Revelation. Revelation. And... and, um, Kids, another word for it is your proximity to, right? I was close. I was uh, very close to your proximity to me was getting closer and closer, right? And um, kids, as I got closer, right? As I got closer, kids, are you still paying attention? It changed in how you responded. One of you was like, yeah, excited. Okay. That was fun. Some of them were like, um, you're getting a little close. And so the nearer we are to the Lord, the proximity of the Lord, the nearer we are to his return, the more excited we should be. 
And today, I want to look at two responses from Revelation chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Two responses we will be looking at. Because of the nearness we are to the kingdom of God, and remember Daniel chapter 2. That is, our proximity to the kingdom of God must guide our actions. It must guide our actions. And, and this reminds me of a great verse we should all try to memorize or, or try to memorize again. I know some of you haven't memorized. And, and from the ESV version, translation, James 1.22 says, But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. But be doers of the word. And so our proximity or the nearness we are to the return of our glorious Savior, Jesus Christ, the more excited we should be and the more on point we should be in following James 1.22, right? Let's look at the first response to the kingdom's nearness or our proximity to uh, the kingdom of God. And so look at, Revelation. Now, some of your, your Bibles may say the, the revelation of John. Mine says the revelation to John, which is more accurate. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ to John. And it says in verse 1, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show to his bondservants. Notice it being plural there the things which must soon take place, and he sent and communicated it by his angel to his bond servant, John, who testified to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that he saw. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of the prophecy and heed the things which are written in it for the time is at hand. The time is near. The time is near. And so the first response to the kingdom's nearness is there is urgency, right, to know. <laughs> to know. It's been communicated to us. What is it that we should know? I think we could back up and and. And some of us have a good idea of what's going on in, in the book of Revelation. But, but let's back up and think about all of Scripture. What, what should we know? What we should know is first, we should know the Father. And we can only know the Father through the Son, Jesus Christ. But what are some things that we are taught through the Word of God that we should know and cling to? Well, obviously, He's the Creator, Correct. He's the creator. He is our sustainer. Kind of what we were talking about just a little bit. Uh, we know who holds the future. We know who holds tomorrow even. Even if the kingdom of God is not on this earth at that point in time. Of course, we know there's a series of events that are going to take place. For us, we look forward to that rapture of the church but he is our sustainer. And, 
You know, I understand that uh, what farmers and ranchers are trying to do. I don't know who does the ads during the football game last night. Um, agriculture is the greatest human endeavor to care for what God has put us in charge of, right? Isn't it? That's what I think. One of the greatest endeavors, whether you're gardening or taking care of your yard, we're we're commanded from the very beginning to be stewards of what God has given us, stewards of the earth. But... I tell you, I get, I'm a little sick of this climate change fear-mongering that is going on, to be honest with you. But I understand what they're doing. And when I was a kid, it was about the ozone. Don't hear about that anymore. I wonder why. Because it's bad science? Maybe. When I was a kid, they talked about global warming. And before that, they talked about global cooling. And before that, global warming again. And on and on and on. So they just changed it to climate change, I think. I don't know if there's a Hebrew word for it, but I doubt Noah was saying, hey, everybody watch out, climate change is coming. I think Noah's out there saying climate change is a coming. Quit riding those dinosaurs or whatever it is. Quit burning those little fire places in your your homes and cooking that food. It's bad for the environment. That's what's going to get you. Oh, is there sin? <laughs> he said, repent. The judgment of God is at hand. A great flood is coming. Now that's climate change, isn't it? <laughs> but the point being is God is a sustainer. We're to do the best that we can do. But it is God who controls everything. He is a sustainer and he is our provider. And so I think we do need to reflect upon who God is as we go through the days. Uh, I digress quite, way too much. Sorry about that. But the sun, let's think about the sun. Especially because this is the revelation of Jesus Christ. We know he came as a suffering and servant he did the first time. We could even go to Revelation chapter 5, verse 6. Follow along with me. Turn a few pages here in your Bibles to Revelation 5, 6. And, and we'll come back to this, I'm sure. But look at verse 6. And I saw between the throne with the four living creatures and the elders a lamb standing as if slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. You're like, whoa, what is all this? Number one, as a lamb who was slain, our suffering servant, Jesus Christ, who is now center of the picture here. This is the revelation of Jesus Christ. And if you don't understand anything else in that verse, you just simply need to know that Jesus came and died on the cross to pay for the penalty of our sins. We also need to understand that he is a victorious Lord now. Back up one verse. And one of the elders said to me, Stop weeping. Behold, the lion that is from the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has overcome so as to open the book and its seven seals. Who is the center of this? Again, another descriptive word of our victorious Lord Jesus Christ. 
is our victorious Lord. He is the one who has overcome. And you could jump down to verse 12 to 14. And they were worshiping him, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And every created thing which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and on the sea and all things in them I heard saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and dominion forever and ever. And the four living creatures kept saying, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. He is at the right hand of the Father now. He is a conquering king. He is a victorious Lord. And soon he will conquer. And so, this leads to, we can talk about the Holy Spirit as well. But also here, I just, you know, I'm, I'm getting off of, the, off of it just a little bit. But we need to understand the gospel. Unless there's any doubt or confusion, we are all sinners doomed to eternal judgment, right? That's what we should know. Isaiah 64, 6 says, For all of us have become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a filthy garment, and all of us wither like a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind has taken us all away. Our deeds are like a filthy, bloody garment, And only the blood of Christ can wash us whiter than snow. Only faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, that's what saves us. So Jesus paid the price for our sins. He is is the lamb who was slain. But now he's the victorious king and the conquering king soon. And we need to turn to him. Romans 10, 13, we can look at 9 and 10, but Romans 10, 13 says, "...for whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved." That is what we need to know. That's what we need to proclaim. But what else should we know? We are to know what will soon take place to get back to it here in Revelation. The book of Revelation. We're to know it. Do you? Have you been scared of looking into the pages of Revelation? Sometimes I put off studies I really want to do, like the book of Revelation. I think I'm going to get to it someday. I have really wanted to go through it for many years. And I've been thinking there's no time like the present. This week I've been praying. I believe we need to continue to know a great many things. We need to continue to look at what the Bible says about marriage, right? <laughs> Even for newlyweds. Not only newlyweds, but some of us that are a little bit into the marriage a few years. We're not only to know the gospel, but we're to have a biblical view on life, human life. We're made in the image of God, and life begins at conception. We're to understand and know a great many things in scripture that we could spend time on the church the gifts of the spirit and the use within the church that we be a spirit-led spirit-filled contagious church i need to go through that sometime soon i believe but as i was praying i felt led that let's continue on with this idea of looking into the book of revelation And so, now is the time 
for the time is near. The reality is that, you know, some of us think we can feel it. It's not just back here, right? Oh, there, I can see it. It's a little little bit of a pause there. If I got closer, there wouldn't be quite as much of a pause, right? You're like, Dad, I'm never sitting in the front row again. Some of us feel the leaf blower, just a, a slight breeze. And some of us think, man, that's a full-fledged leaf blower two inches from my face. And throughout history, we've seen that the time is near. And whether we feel the full frontal wisps of the wind or just a, a small breeze, we are to understand that the time is near And what it does for us is it should be very motivating for us to keep our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ and continue to be, or hopefully begin to be, people who are walking in the Spirit, walking with Jesus daily, and therefore Spirit-filled and Spirit-led, a contagious church. We don't know how much time we have, so there is urgency The second response is urgency to obey. Look at verse 3. And and we're going to look, really we're going to mix these up just a little bit, even though I say Revelation 1, 3, 4, there is urgency to obey. But here, when we look at verse 3, we need to understand the very last words are important, just as important as the first verse. But as we go back, how are we to obey? So let's go back to the first two verses now that I jumped into verse 3. How are we to obey? We're to obey as servants. Servants of Jesus. What's the, what's the name he uses for us in this verse, verse 1? You say us? Was it to us? Yes, absolutely to the believing church that John was to give this to and the generations after What it says here in this passage, again, it says, The Father gave the Son all that is recorded in Revelation to show His servants. Wow. Right? Whoa. That's me. Right? It is you. Are you a servant? If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you're a servant. The word here in the plural form is doulois. That's us. And so the question is, are you his? The word can be translated not just servant, but bond servant, which is, gives us a better idea that we are slaves, but better than slaves, we are his children, and we are his followers, but we are definitely his bond servants. So are you his bond servant? Are you? Have you believed? Should be the same answer for both of those. So this is for you. So he gave these things to the Apostle John. And more about this later, maybe. And John is his dulo. His bondservant. And he gave it to his bondservant, John, to share 
with us. Why? What is the reason? What is the purpose? Again, and you all know this. I've kind of gone over it, right? Note from the very beginning, the revelation of Jesus Christ, and it was given to John because the time is near. What does that word revelation mean? And I can say the Greek word in my head, and it probably is going to come out wrong. I have not practiced it. But we translate it, or transliterate it, apocalypse. But it's apocalypsis. It is the revealing of Jesus to John. That is the rolling back. It's kind of pulling back the shades. Sometimes you don't want the shades pulled back in the morning. When you might have neighbors outside and you're changing, right? You don't want them to see everything. We have God pulling back the curtains for us to see what's going to take place. So it is revealing of the Lamb who was slain. It is a revealing of the Lion of Judah. It is a revealing of what will shortly or soon take place, right? Here in this verse, it says, what, which the things which must soon or quickly or shortly take place. Now when it begins, it takes place pretty quickly, but it's not talking about that. It's talking about, hey, there should be urgency. It's going to take place soon. And when it takes place soon, we find that Jesus is the center. Amen? He's the center of it all. Don't lose sight of that. But like all things, Satan likes to pervert things, and the world gets a hold of those things. Just look at this month. (laughs) They like this word in a very perverse way. By perverse, I don't mean... um, Perverse is used in a lot of different ways, and we often forget that it's just to twist and change and make things what they aren't in a bad way, okay? And so apocalypse for the world, for our culture, is oftentimes, oh, the fun, scary things that I just get plumb sick of, even more than what I mentioned before. That is climate change. A beautiful month with the changing of the leaves and the harvest going on and pumpkins and all of that. And they take a word and they say, oh, it's the apocalypse. Let's, let's pretend, you know, with all this and that. And I know people love it. Some people love it. I don't. <laughs> but do not let it change your perspective of what apocalypse really means. Well, apocalypse is then, therefore, means all the things that takes place in Reve- the book of Revelation, therefore it's future events, correct? But it's really, it's the revealing of those things. The word means revealing, but it's come to know, be known as all the things that were revealed. A lot of people take the word Armageddon. <laughs> well, that was their arm, Armageddon. You know, it was a hurricane that made things look like it was Armageddon, Right? Well, that was used wrong by the, by the news media because Armageddon is going to be a very nasty battle where the Lord will just do away at the end of it with all of those who have not turned to Him. And so it's, 
you know, they use it to, to elevate the meaning of something in this world to help you understand the gravity of what's taking place, but at the same time, oftentimes it brings the word down, it waters it down. And so we have to be careful not to do that in our own thinking. But this will only take place by the hand of God. And so we come back to the word apocalypse. It is a revealing, and therefore, yes, the end times events where God will set the world right through judgments in a seven-year period of time. And so back to the passage, right? We are his servants. We are to obey. And what are we to obey? All of his word, but also, and I want you to understand why the study of the book of Revelation is important. We are to obey it. We are to know it. We are to obey it. What does it say in verse 3? Now let's get back to verse 3. Hey, we're blessed if we do. If we do. If we do what? Well, if we read. Obey by reading it. Obey, Obey by knowing it. Obey by hearing it, listening. That is studying it, being taught. We're blessed if we heed. That is obey. And there is urgency again, right? To obey. Do it for the time is near. Look at the very last phrase. For or because the time is at hand, it is near. The things which must soon take place or shortly take place. And so, I just want to challenge you to say, hey, this is, yeah, maybe a little scary to go through the book of Revelation, but it should not ever be neglected. Understanding what it says should never be neglected. Some of us who who love to think about the future events, we're like, yeah! Some of us like, okay, okay. But mixed together, we should have this love for knowing what God's Word says. And it drives us to a higher, should drive us to a higher worship of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we're going to study this book together. We'll learn what we will learn, what we are to do. And yet, as we barely start, what you need to know is that our Redeemer lives. The Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we must walk with Him daily. You must be people walking in the Spirit, filled by the Spirit, living urgent lives, proclaiming the Gospel and building one another up, encouraging one another as you see the day drawing near. Have you heard that verse before? Don't be distracted by the things of this life in such a way that it hinders your urgency to know and obey the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's live for Jesus, walking with Him for the glory of the kingdom. So how's your proximity? So going back to that main thought. First, the main idea here is that, yes, it is near. Second, how close are you walking to your Savior? We are ambassadors of Christ Jesus. 
We are not of this world. We are in his domain. We are to shine like a city on a hill. A light that is not hidden under a basket. Are you living life well by living for the Lord, shining the gospel for all to see? So as we get into the book of Revelation, first, no, it's important. Second, no. It should drive us on in following Christ very closely. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your time that you have given us on this earth. Help us not to take it for granted. Help us to be people who faithfully do your word and not only hear it, thus deceiving ourselves. Help us to be people who do it, who live it out daily. Lord, as, as we start this study, help us um, to be able to let uh, the things that we don't quite grasp go until we can figure it out and cling to you. Help us to be willing and open-minded to understand what you have for us. And uh, Lord, we pray that you would help us to follow you closely and that you would help us to understand uh, exactly what it is that you want us to, to do as we grow in our understanding or as we're encouraged by our understanding of the word. In Jesus' name, amen. We have the young people come forward to take up this morning's offering.